Secrets from a Coach. Thrive and maximise your potential in the evolving workplace. Your weekly podcast with Debbie Green of Wishfish and Laura Thompson-Staveley of Phenomenal Training. Debs. Law, you all right? Yeah, happy episode 80. <gasps> the big eight zero. Wow, not many to go to the 100 then. I know, you're looking very good on it, I must say. You've definitely got Thanks. a face for a podcast. <laughs> That's how I feel as well, Law. Yeah, exactly. It's the anti-aging way to learn, isn't it? You know, we just say, stay suspended in this kind of forever youth. Um, now, listen, here we are, March 2022. What's the vibe you're picking up in the workplaces around the country and around the globe at the moment? So what are your uh, senses picking up? Oh, yeah, it's um, it feels like it's a bit of a tricky time. I think people are a bit worried. I think the COVID rates for some people are just going back up. So therefore, it's adding an extra layer of pressure. People are wanting a break. They're wanting a holiday. They're like lurching towards Easter break, which is what they're wanting. And I think it's just this, how do we have great conversations with people with honesty, but don't want to because they don't want to upset people. So it's a bit of a mishmash is probably the only way I could describe it. Yeah, I'm um, and I'm I'm picking up. In the, I've had a few out and about and lots of virtual team sessions this week so far, and uh, people have got a lot of heavy lifting. I think that's ahead of them over the next six months. So I was with a team early this week who have got sixty-seven live projects, each of them pretty high impact that they're spinning at the moment, and uh, and it was just so great to be in the room together to just secure everyone as a team because um, they've just been doing that all via virtual, you know, for for, um, for the majority of the pandemic. And, and of course, like a lot of businesses, they've taken new people on since the pandemic. So there's still some firsts that are happening, whether it's returning to the workplace on some kind of pattern or everyone together for the first time ever kind of in that room, which is why we decided that we uh, the topic for March is all about maximising impact. So how do we make every meeting count, every interaction count, when actually for most of us, we haven't got lots of spare time and energy to sort of waste, you know, not making the impact that we want. So we've had a focus on maximising personal impact. We've had a focus on what does that mean for team identity and brand. We've also had a look at, well, if we want to make impacts on others, how do we also look after ourselves and handle the impact of others on us? So let's say you've had uh, a bit of feedback that might have been, you know, out of the blue. How do you then pick yourself up, get yourself feeling top of your game again? So we've had, uh, you know, lots of feedback from the guest speakers that we've had this month so far, which is great. And then today's focus is all about, well, how do we create a high impact workplace where there's honesty and innovation within a team. So Debs, what's your take on the link between an honest workplace where people can be honest with each other and the impact that has on innovation? So what's your thoughts on that? Mm. Oh God, that's such a good question, Law. Um, I think that honesty is an interesting word because I think you could be, some people say you can be too honest. So thinking about what does honesty mean? for us. So I think establishing what what that actually looks like. So when we talk about let's have an honest and open work environment, well, what is that? What does that mean? How do we know? And all of that. So people don't just go in with their size 24 boots and wreck the relationship. They're actually thinking about considering the impact they're going to have on people by the way they show up. So I think that's really important. But if we get if we get it right, then I think that 
it will just foster better connections with people, more collaboration. Um, I think it will inspire that good, fresh thinking and creative solutions to be able to explore what we need to do. And I think also with that honesty and the innovation creating that will actually enable employees or colleagues to be able to do their best work because they feel very much part of of it, not being done to, but very much part of something. I think it's really, really important. You know, a bit of kit that um, back in the day, the carousel of content. Back in the day, carousel of content. (laughs) Absolutely. So this is wheeling out a bit of the Rolling Stones. So we had Elvis a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? A bit of old, bit of uh, kind of training kit. The old, um, was it Belbin's Team Styles? Belbin's Team Styles, yeah, back in the day. Wow. Um, Another one that um, I've seen our colleague Lynn's bring out and, oh, it just worked. So the Jahari window. Oh, yes. Joe and Harry. Absolutely. So the Jahari window. So um, you can sort of fill in the blanks if I sort of just give a bit of a dotted overview to it. But the idea behind the Jahari Jahari window is there's this stuff that I know about me and I let you know about me. And then there are these various windows. And so in order to create true innovative ways of working together, if I've got lots of stuff I'm hiding from you, if I'm oblivious to the impact I'm having for you and I've got a blind spot, then it's going to be really tricky to work deeply with each other and have a think about how to really bring some fresh thinking because I'll be holding stuff back, you'll be withholding information and then we've just got this lost opportunity in our conversation. So it's quite interesting looking at the link too. If you've got a need to be creative and innovative and not just have a set of copy and paste solutions for the next couple of years ahead, well, that means that you might need to develop more of those kind of deeper relationships, which basically means, you know, asking for more feedback and disclosing more information. Yeah. And I think that's what people are sometimes fearful of is because they might not like what they hear. But if you've created an environment that has a good, solid working agreement, how do we work together? And that enables feedback to just be that exchange of information. So not even using feedback as I'm just going to give you some feedback because everybody automatically goes on the defensive. If you can create that culture or that environment where you know, we all understand the values that we bring to the team and that our value is to be able to communicate well around things that we are doing well, but also where we could develop them further. Um, and to be able to be open and willing to hear that feedback because you you can then put it into practice. I think that's the, for me, that would be where you would start. What are our ground rules, if you like, so that we can foster that connection and collaboration well, which means having good conversations, which means being able to share just my experience of you in that moment is, or my understanding of what you're asking is, am I right, am I wrong? Um, my suggestion would be, you know, maybe we could consider this. So the language we use enables us to hear that, if you like, let's call it feedback, to hear that feedback, but not personally take it on as go, oh my God, you don't like me because it's more of let's work on this together. I'll know some stuff, you'll know some stuff. And if we've agreed that we can share that experience, then okay, let's do that. Because it's not about me personally. It's about the thing that we're working on. And it just happens to be my idea that is brought in, may or may not work. But because it's not me, you're actually having a, you know, having some feedback at it's not, it's the process we're focusing on that makes makes it easier to have those conversations. Do you know, you've got me realizing why investing time at the start of a big team session 
that 20 minutes that's spent at the start, let's say, set in a working environment for today, actually creates a convenient vehicle to actually tap into And we don't just mean today, really. We mean as a team being with each other. So that kind of, right, let's set the scene. Um, We're going to have lots of great conversations today. Let's set a working environment so everyone feels comfortable in that environment. You get a flip chart or a whiteboard or whatever it may be. You say, okay, so what's going to work for you in terms of how we work together today? And it's brilliant because it's all about the course. People can just say things like honesty, no stupid question, let's not be judgmental, confidential, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then just by flipping that and saying, okay, so which of these then uh, are, would you say are values that are everyday values you can have as a team? And it's sort of like, a, oh yeah, you know, and actually it's a, that might have taken you hours to get that out if you say, what are your team values? Because it's just too big and lofty. Whereas saying, right, here we are together as a team, we want to make this day count what's going to work in terms of a working environment. And that 15, 20 minutes at the start of the day, boy, do you get dividends later on throughout the day because it just means everyone's safe to go in and have proper conversations with each other. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that's the bit that means that that's then known to me and that's then known to you. So we're very clear on where we're at, which links back into Jahari, right? So, and I think I always remember one manager that um, we did the working agreement to as part of a workshop when we were working together. And um, the next meeting I happened to be going to that they were there with his team. He then bought out that working agreement and said, do you remember last time we talked about this? So which bits are relevant for us today? So it became a living document and a living piece of flip chart that by the time, however many meetings they might have had and they'd passed it on and yeah, it was right battered and you know twisted and mashed up, but the impact that had was important. So he kept it alive. And I think that's the important. If you can keep that alive and just recheck, are we, you know, this is how we're going to work today. It's a bit like in coaching, you contract every coaching session um, where you set it up really well. So it's not left to, well, the assumptions or, well, we did that last time. I wonder if we're going to do that again. There is no um, ambiguity around it. It's very clear and therefore people can show up then knowing that they're safe, which then means they contribute well and they come up with great ideas, more innovative ways of working, thinking differently because they feel safe in the moment that they can then say what they want to say um, because there is no judgment, no fear. It's a safe space because it's been we've been reminded of that working agreement. So powerful. And you reminded me actually, which is just a reminder for myself, is to have the discipline to do that every time because you might have one new starter that's joined, you know, five meetings in and to sort of think, oh yeah, well, everyone knows it's going to be obvious. Actually, that one person at that point is not understanding what it means to be honest, which therefore impacts the courage to be innovative. I mean, that takes, you know, courage to speak up with 12 established other team members. You've got a crazy idea in your mind that you think just might work, which might be the the idea that sets that team apart from the competitors in the year ahead. But that person didn't feel empowered to speak up because they didn't know if didn't they know. were allowed to because they're yeah, new exactly. you know whereas yeah. if you kind of set that right at the start so I think that's a good reminder in that actually although it can be easy to think oh well we'll just swerve that and just kind of crack on with the agenda actually to do that every time is that familiar routine and it also means then you can welcome in new team members and everyone can just crack on Mm, yeah, and I, I always remember working for a, an amazing lady years and years and years ago. Um, and the team 
I was part of her team. There was eight of us in her team. And she set that up. That's the first time I sort of came across that, which is probably, I don't know, 20, 30, 28 years ago now. But anyway, and she, that was the first time I've ever heard of let's contract how we're going to work in the meeting today. And it was, you know, oh, okay. But then every time she did that as well. But what that enabled was whenever I now speak to one of those people that were part of that team, they've all gone on and done different things. We still fall into that, um, if you like, habit, that good habit of going, so how are we going to work this call today? And it's so just instinctive and natural that then the conversation is so much more richer because there aren't any assumptions. And I'm not thinking, oh my God, I wonder what she's thinking of me. Because um, of that training, if you like, we've learned that that was the way to create amazing conversations, coming up with crazy ways of doing things that, you know, we would never have done before. But it for me, you know, I was talking to one of the team last week about some stuff and we literally fell into that pattern again of just bouncing ideas around and being innovative in the way they wanted to run their development programme. And, and we were just, as I say, like, a bit like we do law, we just share ideas and there's no, no repercussion, no fear. It's honest. It's like, Yes, no, and and we walk away going, that was a great conversation. And that's where, that creates honesty, I think, an honest, good, collaborative work, work team. Yeah, and it's motivating to be part of that, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is, Because you Absolutely. sort of think, actually, we wouldn't have achieved what we've achieved had I not contributed, which just keeps that spirit of connection and that kind of motivation. You don't feel like you're just you know, a random part of a group, you're a team that's actually creating something. Um, what, what, just linking to that as well, when you were saying about making it a living document, those kind of contract values. So even how we meet right now, what that means, what that says about us as a team, you know, in a kind of wider philosophy. And what was interesting on another session I was running um, recently was a team are about to go through a big roller coaster of change in terms of their overall wider organisational structure and what that kind of means. So we were just having a conversation around after the working environment and how would these link to your team values? Because in the words of Katy Perry in her song, Raw, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. If you are facing a particularly busy six months, if you've lost track on who are we, why do we do that, then, you know, you can get a bit kind of lost in work. So it was really interesting spending time with this team. And at first time they've been in a room together, all of them together, that various new starters ever. And uh, just asking about, you know, what your team values and how do you want to be perceived? So that kind of, you know, identity for you as a, as a team. And then kind of uh, some of those values were things like innovative, fun, um, courageous. And then say, OK, so had someone videoed your last team meeting, where would these have shown up? And there was this sort of silence of actually Humble our team wing. meetings aren't very fun. <laughs> We have no time to think innovatively. Wow, yeah. <laughs> we don't have, I don't even know someone, you know, where someone lives, you know, some of the, the teams. So how, how easy is that to feel related to someone uh, within a team if actually you've got no idea about them other than when you're on that very functional kind of teams session? So it was a real interesting insight into if you want to be perceived in a certain way as a team, then you've got to live it every day. Because if you want to be seen as a fun team that everyone wants to join, then what does that mean in terms of creating fun and a fun environment or honest or innovative, whatever that aspiration might be? What actually is a day-to-day application that then brings that to life? And for many teams, it's how we meet, how we work together, yeah. that actually is those values in action. Mm, definitely. And and I think that bit 
um, that enables people to, I guess, say, know where they stand. But the values, um, and if they align to your own values, you're more likely to be more engaged anyway with a company if your values are aligned. But if if somebody is literally living and breathing those values, not just paying lip service to them, again, people feel more trusted or they feel trusted of that individual because they are practicing what they preach. They are, you know, walking the talk, talking the walk, walking, whatever you want to call it. They're doing it because it's not just, oh, well, I've got to do this because. They're doing it because they really, really believe and they want to. And I think that's the bit where we need to get to. If we're creating an honest space we where we do want people to really feel comfortable to share different ideas or think about that, the values have to align. And as you say, to keep them alive, I mean, we do that, you know, if we've done some work on ourselves, you know, we've got our own values, right? And if we're not adhering to them, then we're not being um, authentic or our congruent self. We're in disalignment. So we need to align to those to be able to produce great work and also to be able to know that we're adding value. We have great impact. And, you know, one of the questions I always say to teams and individuals is, you know, what do you want that person that you've been talking to to say about you as you walk away from them? And the same as a team, you know, what do you want people to say about your team? What do you want them to see so that they come back? They want to work with you. They want to be close to you, you know, which is why we've got to think about how you can make sure you you create the right work environment as the leader as well. You know, a lot of people are looking for you to lead. That's jobs in, you know, the hints in the job title, right? Um, but if you haven't thought that through, then you need to probably stop and think about, yeah, what are our values? What are my values? But what are our team's values? And how can we ensure that we keep them alive every day so we can be congruent with who we are as a team, which is the teamship piece as well? Um, and then that generates people wanting to share ideas, feeling safe, knowing that they can, they have a sense of ownership of that as well. Um, and I think the other thing I think people forget is the more that we can support people in their professional development as well. So in the workspace, making sure they're getting training, making sure they're getting learning and coaching, that just means they're valued as a team member. Because somebody's investing in them, which means they're going to invest back to you, which means that the, you know, the company grows or the team develop and and then they go and I would say infect others because they've learned that. Um, and off they go. And then guess what? We have an amazing workspace that people want to be part of. The um I think the trust bit, you know, that you just talk so brilliantly that links to the values, because it's almost if you've set your values out and you stick by your values, then we're going to create trust. And where there's more trust, there's more courage to be honest and uh, to say, actually, you know, I think there's some tweaks that we could do to that presentation or whatever that kind of out- output is. So that kind of honest bit. I think what's interesting on the other angle of that topic then on this episode is the innovation and where... So I've been using the example recently. 2012 just feels so different. It was 10 years ago and we were hosting the Olympics. So this time 10 Gosh, years ago, yeah. wow. the, the Olympics was going to be hosted in London. And there are a few teams that we've worked with who have that as a real highlight, you know, in their background. And depending on the age of you sort of, li- you know, listening in at the moment, that might, you might have been in the world of work, you may have been not in 2012. But there was definitely a kind of an, an air around, you know, in terms of energy and excitement. We had the London riots, we had um, the Olympics. So there were ups and downs, but there was a lot of energy and movement happening. Put the clock forward 10 years now to 2022. 
There just seems to be a little bit less spare energy hanging around. And what then that impact means then is that urge to be innovative, to say, should we change things? Probably isn't there (laughs) because there aren't that many people that are really motivated right now to make their lives more complicated. And the thing about innovation is that you've got to look at something and view it in a different perspective. And if your individual levels of energy are down, you're feeling a bit fatigued or the team is a little bit disparate and there aren't those kind of accidental conversations that are happening in corridors anymore you've got to work for it a little bit harder so there are a couple of things that can be useful little takeaways for anyone that's thinking you know actually I, I want us to be more innovative and what might that mean for our meetings and there are some simple things that can just mix the energy up a little bit having music when people walk in it never ceases to amaze me Debs just how much that just brings a different energy because people are surprised when they're greeted with colour a bit of food, the smell of coffee, (laughs) um, music. It just feels like, oh, this is a place I want to be, which instantly gets your brain feeling a little bit less grey, you know, which already unlocks a bit of that innovation. Getting a bit of that chat in between people, so some kind of warm-up exercise just to get everyone feeling comfortable kind of with each other. And then some exercises that can just help prompt innovative thinking. None of this is complicated, but the reverse brainstorming technique I love. So let's say you're asking a team to say, right, what's going to generate more revenue in the next three months? And you sort of might be a bit, ooh, a bit kind of tumbleweed <laughs> moment, thinking, well, if we knew that, we would have done it already, you know. So you sort of think, oh, it can create a bit of an innovative, innovative innovation blocker. But if you reverse it, what would lose you revenue over the next three months? <gasps> and then up comes a list. Yeah. And then you think, right, we'll just flip it, do the positive opposite. And it's just an alternative way to view a solution. Because sometimes when your brain is asked to think of an amazing idea, we get all, you know, writer's block. Whereas if we're asked to think of the worst thing that could happen, you know, all of us have got the ability to go into anxious thinking. And that is just the negative of creativity, really, isn't it? If I can worry about things that haven't happened yet, I can think about things that haven't happened yet, which is innovation. So I think that kind of flip sometimes, uh, you know, if you have a tendency to be an overthinker, reframe that. You're probably the most innovative person in your team. It's just about channeling that energy. So the reverse brainstorming technique is a real little handy, well, think about the worst thing that would impact your outputs, you know, whatever that may be in the next three months and sort of flip it. So the reverse brainstorming technique is quite useful. And another one also that can help is just thinking a little bit in 10 years time, what's your output that you're looking for? So what's the vision for success? And then you can sort of track back. So you're imagining it as if you've already climbed that hill. And rather than being an overwhelming, oh God, we've got to, you know, smash it this summer. Well, imagine that you have smashed it this summer. What was it that worked well? And it just, again, helps unlock some of that positive energy to get your train of thought thinking about all the things that you could innovate. And what's that fab definition we saw of innovation recently, Debs? It's about putting two things together in a slightly different way. That's innovation. So that might be two people in the team having maybe a little bit of an old school idea, but put those two old school ideas together. And actually, that could be a really good hybrid idea, couldn't it? You know, a bit of both and that gives you an innovation. Yeah, no, definitely. And also it enables people, as long as you set it up well, is that you're just different. And if you can embrace the difference, because two heads are better than one, as they always say. But if just because you're at different 
poles, if you like, from one extreme to the other, if you can find that common ground in the middle to go, well, what are we here to do? If you're both here to resolve or come up with a new idea, there's your common ground. That's where you start from. And I think that's the bit for me when you're thinking about working with other people who are just different to you. Actually ask yourself that question, you know, well, what can I learn from them? Um, and therefore, what you know, what is it that I can then take on board and learn from? But that again, everything starts with you wanting to. So just taking that moment to consider, well, what can I do here? And I think that would be my that would be my call to action. Is one, I think, recognise that there are always two sides to everything, and if think if you can flip it to go, well, this is one way of working, looking at it. Well, what if there was another way? So just by asking yourself that question, so, well, what would the other way look like? Oh, okay. And then you're automatically looking at it from both sides. Um, And if you really want to be, you know, smarter about it, you can go, well, what would be a third option? So you're creating that curiosity within your own mind. So don't just stick with one idea. Take a moment to be creative and, and be innovative and go, well, what else? always ask that well so what else you know could could that look like um and I think that's what we always do in coaching when somebody brings in one idea we always say to them what else and they go oh yeah I suppose it could be this what else and I guarantee you can probably have that conversation for another 10 minutes because the minute you start sparking ideas in people they just flow so and then you can pick and choose what you want to do so that would be my call to action Ask yourself what else, but look at it from both sides. Love it, Dave. You just remind me of um, back in the day, sales training. So asking clients, you know, and customers and what else, you know, just to get keep that conversation going in terms of what those needs are. So I was like, there's such an interesting link between coaching and the sales process. Yeah, there is. Actually, yeah. 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 Identifying the need. Yeah, <laughs> match, it is. Match and it. then close yeah. on some kind of commitment. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's the it's same kind of... Yeah, it yeah, is. Same, same kind approach. Of yeah. You sparked my thinking, actually, about kind of the diversity and the diversity of opinions sitting around the table and how that breeds innovation. And I know we've got an episode that particularly covers on that, about how to encourage that diversity of opinion. But I think also what's uh, I've picked up on a couple of um, team conversations um, over the last couple of weeks about getting the right people around the table in order to have that innovative conversation. So if you're about to kick off a great big project, designing a new product, let's say, who else might you invite into that conversation at the front end so you don't get to the back end and go, oh my God, we missed a trick because we didn't get that person at the start. And actually, when people are invited to get involved in brainstorms, who typically their jobs might not involve that, you know, for example, there might be someone in the finance team, you say, we're about to do a product brainstorm, do you want to come in and get involved? it lights them up. You've got a fresh perspective. It's a wing because people feel valued. And it's, um, you know, it's kind of almost like free consultancy, isn't it? Getting a different mm, opinion. Getting kind of, yeah. yeah, sitting around the room. So I think my share of the secret would be is if you're working on something at the moment that does involve a bit of creative thinking, an innovative approach, think of someone who maybe haven't caught up with for a while say, can I pick your brains for a bit? Have that conversation. It will G both of you up. Not only will it give you that spark and that connection, but it might actually generate the very best idea (laughs) that you could possibly have put forward this year, which, uh, you know, is a win for all. So I think that'd be my share of the secret. If you're working on something at the moment and you're working solo in your head, get some social collaboration going on. It's amazing what that what innovation can um, can be prompted as a result of working honestly with each yeah, other. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. I love that idea. Social collaboration. Yeah, why would we not? 
Absolutely. So, Devs, have a wonderful, honest, too. socially collaborative, <laughs> innovative, innovative weekend. Yeah. <laughs> you too, Law. Uh, and of course, it's the close of the financial year for many organisations. So for anyone listening in for whom the end of March is kind of the end, you're coming up to the end of your financial year, also take stock of all that you've achieved as well, because it's been a hell of a ride. And, you know, we're about to close one financial year and start another. So just make sure as individually as a team, you take stock for all that you've achieved, as well as all the things to do, or all the things that you have done as well, because taking yeah. a moment to celebrate is key as well. Absolutely. And we'll definitely be celebrating law for sure. So we can do, do that. Right. Episode 80. We've never looked younger, Devs. It's exactly. the wonders of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I look forward to next week as well. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to it. All right. Bye, Di. Have a good week. Love you. And you. Love you. Bye. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at secretsfromacoach at aol.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And if you're a Spotify listener, give us a rating as it makes it easier for us to share the secret with others. 